I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a really, really inspiring and beautiful book of portraits that relate to books. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm glad you're here today. This is episode 323, Storybook Portraits. A focused show today, I think, because I have a book that I want to share. This was such an unexpected and accidental find. I know it happens over and over and over again. It truly was a stumble across it moment. And a few books of poetry came home from the same library wander. Also very unusual. That night when I went to the library, there was nothing on hold. So I didn't stay. I didn't sit. I didn't draw. I didn't do my normal thing. I almost didn't even go. But I did. I stopped in. Nothing was there. So then I didn't have quite the same purpose. But I did walk around idly just a bit, and I found a few things. The next time I stopped at the library was a few days later, after I took one of my kids for an eye health checkup. There is a ton of construction on the subway system in this area, and it has been really mucking things up and causing congestion and limiting parking spaces for months really. So I figured if he could run in and grab my books on hold, it would be really helpful and convenient and we could check these things off the list and I'd get my books more quickly because there was one book that I had wanted and I knew it had come in the day before, which was the day after I had been there. So he went in And I circled around on this narrow street. I pulled up in front to wait. A police officer asked me how long I would be. He did call me dear, though. And I explained that I was just going to be there a minute. My son had just gone in. So he went on across the street to perch where he had been monitoring traffic. And as I waited and waited, I kept feeling like he was watching me. He probably wasn't. But I kept feeling a little bit self-conscious what in the world was taking so long? That's all I could think. I knew that my son had had his eyes dilated and I kept envisioning that maybe he somehow couldn't actually see the letters on the reserve tickets. I didn't know what was going on. I really was in a 15 minute spot. So I should have been able to get out and run in. But something about the police officer stopping and asking me made me a little bit uncertain. And since, of course, I thought he was watching me, I hesitated to get out of my car and go in and check. So I kept waiting. I kept craning my neck to look up the stairs that go into the library, watching for him. Anyone watching me could certainly tell that I was truly watching for someone. And finally, I saw him coming. My youngest, who is taller than me now, of course, peering around a teetering pile of books as he headed down the stairs. I had told him there was one, maybe two, and that is what I thought. And I think he said there were 14, maybe 17. It was 
really funny. So I have a pile of books that are comforting. They're comforting simply in the clutter and in the possibilities they provide. And that is also funny and ironic as they sit a few inches from piles and piles of books being cleared out. A definitely complicated process. And all of that extra clutter in the clearing, it is a nightmare of clutter of its own. Layers and layers of personal meaning, symbol, personality, history, the failure of memory, waste, capitalism, change, then versus now, guilt, loss, so much going on. But this book, the book I want to talk about today, this was from that first night. This was one of the accidental finds as I wandered aimlessly, unsure of my steps in these days. This book is an odd antidote to, to the recent discussion of portraits, to my questioning about whether or not my own portraits have meaning, whether they are creative in ways that matter as much as the work that others do, creating other kinds of pieces or abstract pieces or somehow differently inspired pieces, which often boils down to a matter of how you present it and how you talk about it and how I talk about it. I, of course, can make a case for all the ways that they matter, all the ways that these portraits matter. I can make a case for why drawing a coffee cup matters or drawing my kids sitting across the room no questions there. I can make those arguments and yet I can still think about it. I can think about it and ponder it. This book, a lovely find. And why have I never heard of this book? I'll be interested to know if you have seen this book because I keep asking myself, how can a book like this be released into the wild and not make a dent in awareness? And part of me says the answer, of course, is that there is just too much, too much everywhere. Look at all of the people who draw portraits at Sketchy, some of them just brilliant and so incredibly amazing. And each and every one could have a book. And it happens for some, but not everyone. But there's just so much. How can you see or find or buy access or view every single one. There is just so much out there. So I guess in some ways I am your chance to slow down and say, okay, here is one out of these so much that you should look at because this book is going to interest many of you. If you haven't already seen it, you are going to want to see this book. You're going to want to hold it and you're going to want to flip through it and look at these portraits. The title is Well-Read Women, Portraits of Fiction's Most Beloved Heroines by Samantha Hahn. And this is an art book. It is a picture book. It is a collection of portraits. It's not a story. It's not a narrative. It is a collection of portraits and quotes, a collection of portraits of Samantha's envisioning of various female characters from books, storybooks, children's books, adult books, novels, plays. There is a wide net cast here. And this came out in 2013 by Chronicle. When we read a book, we often envision the characters. 
I always hear their voices. Characters have a real voice to me. But we also come up with some semblance of what they look like. Authors often give us clues, descriptions, details, clothing, hair, demeanor, certain physical characteristics, maybe height, build. And depending on our own processes, on how we think or how we see in our minds, Maybe we have a very true-to-the-page image of the character. Maybe we're able to process the clues we get and really keep and maintain this image of a character. Or maybe not. Maybe we only have a hazy or diffuse image. Sometimes we can't quite bring that image into something clear and concrete. And again, it depends on you, your own visualization skills. Can you close your eyes and see the main character from the last book you read? or from a favorite book. And it helps, yes, if there was a movie. It helps because you have then someone real to imagine in that role. And that can cause a problem for you if that's really different from what you imagine. But otherwise, someone else has helped bring the hazy image into something concrete, and maybe it doesn't exactly match for you. Or maybe it really helps you, helps you somehow see that character in a new way or in a real way. And if you've had that sensation of a TV or movie character not quite matching, if you've managed to keep your own image, that's really impressive. If you've managed to hold on to the image of a character that you had when reading a book, that's really a feat. And that is just what Samantha did. She's created portraits of characters across the literary canon. In the introduction, she writes, quote, Anna Karenina, Daisy Buchanan, Jane Eyre, the greatest female characters inflame our passions and excite our imaginations. Our favorite characters are universal archetypes and uniquely flawed individuals all at once. Every so often, an author creates this kind of masterpiece, a female figure of such dazzling originality and truth that she will resonate with readers for all time. We sympathize with her, we admire her, we hate her, we want to be her. Ultimately, every reader brings his or her own imagination to the task of envisioning these legendary characters. I could not resist the challenge of bringing each of these greatest women in literature, in my own opinion, of course, to life. As, reading intently, I see them spring forth in my mind. Beyond the surface details, it was essential to me to capture the feeling of each character, to visually interpret her through my emotional lens, to portray her as I see her in my mind's eye, from Edna Pontellier's despondent eyes to Wendy Darling's warm smile. I set out to convey the essence of each one as we feel her through the author's description of her and her world. I illustrated quotes from their dialogue or thoughts, giving them voice as well as presence, end quote. When I first grabbed the book and flipped it open to see what it was, I was sitting on a weekend morning and I went and got it and sat with it. I wasn't exactly sure what I would think. Samantha has a very different style. It's very loose watercolor. And she hooked me. She hooked me. The book opens with Daisy Buchanan from The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. The portrait is on one side and a hand illustrated quote is on the facing page. And that's the format that this book uses. Every two page spread contains a portrait of a character. And then on the facing page, you get a quote 
and you get at the bottom the character's name and the title of the literary work and the author. Daisy was followed by a portrait of Clarissa Dalloway that really surprised and intrigued me. It really did. Clarissa from Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf, of course. And then Anna Karenina. And in these three, these first three, Daisy, Clarissa, and Anna, such differences, such differences. But the portraiture, gorgeous. This is an amazing collection. While I'm familiar with the names of most of the characters, I haven't read all the books despite my own literary background. I definitely have my preferred genres and preferred eras. So I haven't read all of these. And so it was fascinating to flip through and see these characters and wonder about the stories that I don't know. And the stories that I do know, I was able to really sit and think about her interpretation and her impression and her visualization, her portrait, with what I remember of reading that book. So I sat in one sitting and I went through them all. I think there are a hundred portraits. And some of these are just achingly beautiful. The watery pink tones and blonde hair for Jane Austen's Emma Woodhouse, for example. There's a sensitivity there that really captured me because it plays with and disrupts how I think of Emma. It was really interesting, and I had that sensation with several of the characters, several of the portraits. There is an Alice from Alice in Wonderland that didn't seem like any other Alice I've seen, or didn't seem like every other Alice I've seen. There's a Daisy, a Daisy Miller. It's direct. It's beautiful. Hester Prynne. There's Nora from A Doll's House. There are echoes for me, echoes and storylines that I've lost, and yet a most captivating portrait. And the quote she's chosen for that one, for Nora, quote, if I'm ever to reach any understanding of myself and the things around me, I must learn to stand alone, end quote. A wonderful Jane Eyre and Becky Sharp from Vanity Fair. I particularly loved her illustrations of characters from that period of literature. Isabel Archer, Lily Bart. You'll find Nancy Drew, Dorothy Gale from Wizard of Oz, and Anne Shirley in the mix too. So you can see there's a wide range And maybe some of these portraits won't match what you expect, but there's something consistent in Samantha's voice, the way she uses color and the way she renders eyes. I was really struck by the eyes and almost a little bit of a difference between the eyes and the rest of her style. It's very interesting combination for each portrait. Eyes staring at you from the page. They're captivating and compelling A few of the portraits are less concrete, just a few, and maybe in some of those cases I really wished there had been a much more concrete portrait, but that was only a few. But some of the others, they're so captivating. Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice, she appears near the end of the book, so wonderful. If you love books, or love portraits, or love watercolor, or painting, or any combination of these things, you'll want to flip through this book. I think it will inspire you. It may also inspire you to revisit some favorite books or to make a list of characters you would like to finally meet. Maybe characters you've been content to know of, but really need to meet on the page with your own reading. I hope you can find a copy to flip through. Grab a cup of coffee from the kitchen first or sit in a coffee shop if that is possible for you. 
and enjoy the decadence of Coffee Shop Coffee and a half hour or so with this book. I've flipped through it now more than once, and it's definitely an inspiring collection. And just, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good to look at this collection of portraits, the consistency and style. It makes it comfortable and comforting to look through as well. It's a really nice way to spend a little bit of time with some of these characters, with some of these characters. And I think you'll appreciate the quotes as well. Let me know what you think. I'd be interested in what you think if you're able to see it. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for episode 323, a focused show, as I said, as I expected. And I like it. I like it like that. I like sometimes just to be able to tell you about a book or a video or something I've read. I wish there was a way to just say, hey, 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 really easily, even more easily than this. So that is it for today. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and as Creativity Matters Podcast. I genuinely hope that you will follow me in both places and say something so that I know you're out there and can connect with you and I will follow you back. If you're looking for a small group, you can find us in the Creativity Matters group at Facebook. I hope some of you will consider joining us there. You're always welcome to pop in, join, share your work and share things like Sunday coffee. Thank you to those of you who support the CMP in any way something from the wish list, a set of postcards, or through Patreon. Thank you especially to those of you who support at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>